last night's the hardest days We still hold our ground I guess I know what it will take To keep us safe and sound People falling down like teardrops Democracy and freedom have a high cost But rise from the ground we will stand tall And I just came to realize I'm a soldier No time to sleep on the front line Protecting families I'm a soldier No tears to cry Me and my people we fight for life We're soldiers in the freedom land For the loved ones we fight to the end We're soldiers you can't take our souls Me and my people we fight for our home are gone but they went with pride defending our homes and protecting lives through the smoke and dust we always charged ahead with weapons in hand yeah we battle for peace for a future bright in the hottest day we fight for life our scars are deep but our spirit's sore we still stand tall i'm a soldier no time to sleep on the front line Protecting families I'm a soldier No tears to cry Me and my people We fight for life We're soldiers In a freedom land For the loved ones We fight to the end We're soldiers We can't take our souls Me and my people We fight for our home And a popular young artist from Ukraine by the name of Max Barskich and a song called Soldier. And Max will be on a Canadian tour uh, very shortly, so stay tuned for details on that. Vitaju vas vsih dorehi radio suhači na radio peredaču naš holos radio ukrinskoho korinja na bahatumovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB umisti Vancouveri. Hovorit pavina. Dobri vatšir and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio coming to you on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host pavina. On today's program, we're back to our regular programming now that the Christmas season is winding down. And uh, today's show is going to be kind of a tribute to the uh, famous Ukrainian-Canadian NHL goalie Terry Sawchuk. We have a book review and a listener's reader reaction to the book. And as well, we've got a recipe, a proverb, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And up next is another delightful YouTube find, the Bakatic family with Zasiela Zoria Yasna, a bright star, Sean. Зияла зоря ясна, світло розсипає, Рік старий йде в дорогу, новий наступає. Веселися голядою, знову кожна хата, Ісуса прославляйте на різдвяні свята. Веселися голядою, знову кожна Прославляйте на різдвяні свята Засівайте, люди добрі, на добро, на долю Щоб родило врожаями українське поле Хай дороги замітає і мороз лютує Хай веселий християнський народ Селий християнський 
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for the past 60 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Holos listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit www.shochenkofoundation.ca. Early bird weekend passes for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival are now available for only $125. Don't miss the very best in Ukrainian culture, food, music, and dancing on August long weekend at the festival site south of Dauphin, Manitoba. Like and follow Canada's National Ukrainian Festival on Facebook for ongoing updates and performer announcements. You can now purchase your weekend passes and camping passes in person or online at cnuf.ca. Ukraine War Amps is happy to announce that we are shipping parcels to veterans and Ukraine's defenders to commemorate the 105th anniversary of United Ukraine on January 22nd, 2024. A parcel includes as follows. War Doctrine, a book written by a defense minister of Carpathian Ukraine, and food basics. Sausage, cheese, spaghetti, canned olives, tea, chocolates, buckwheat, canned meat, and canned fish. For only $40 US, the UWA team will prepare, pack, and ship a parcel with items described here to a family in Ukraine. Everyone is welcome to participate in this unique humanitarian gesture. Every dollar counts. To donate through PayPal or e-transfer, please use our email, ukrainewaramps at gmail.com.
and a tribute song to Ukraine's armed forces. That was Yaroslav Rudenko with Slava Nashim Zeseu. Up next, from the Nasholos Audio Archives, Ukrainian Food Flare. Hello! Nothing beats curling up in the middle of winter with a warm bowl or mug of homemade soup. Whether you use exotic wild or cultivated mushrooms for this soup recipe, the results will be great. Many commercial soups that are simply ready for reheating don't even come close to the therapeutic, health-boosting, vitamin- and mineral-rich soups made at home in your kitchen. Making soup at home allows you to double the recipe and freeze single servings for reheating at a later date for a quick lunch or dinner. If you can, try and use some wild mushrooms for this dish as their delightful flavors, textures, and colors make this soup multidimensional. We know Ukrainians love their mushrooms, and many Ukrainians have the knowledge of where, when, and how to pick the right ones. Now, get your pens ready for easy mushroom soup. You'll need the following. One and a half to two pounds mushrooms, sliced, domestic or wild, or both. One large onion, finely chopped, three tablespoons butter, three tablespoons flour, two potatoes, diced, one parsnip, diced, one turnip diced, eight cups of water or chicken broth, salt, and freshly ground pepper to taste. Saute the mushrooms and onions in butter, cooking until the onions become soft. Sprinkle with flour and mix. Cook the other vegetables in water or stock until they are done. Add the mushroom-onion mixture, stirring while bringing to a boil. Season to taste and continue to cook over medium heat for about 10 minutes. Very easy. And that's it. So until next time, try it. It's Ukrainian. This has been Ukrainian Food Flare from the Nasholos Audio Archives. Welcome to Knishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik. Stories about Ukraine and Ukrainians in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Nightwork, the Sachuk Poems by Randall Maggs. Nightwork, the Sachuk Poems, is an intriguing poetry collection describing the life and professional hockey career of goalie Terry Sachuk. The poems in this collection examine many aspects of Sachuk's difficult life. They explore his courage, resilience, and character. Sachuk's enigmatic life on ice is introduced in the epigraph by Robert Frost. The question that he frames in all but words is what to make of a diminished thing. The collection of poems in Nightwork is divided into eight sections exploring Sachuk's early hockey career, Ukrainian roots, rocky married life, hockey triumphs, waning NHL career, and his death. The first poem, Neither Rhyme Nor Reason, is based on the reminiscences of famed hockey official Red Story about Sachuk's time on ice as a Detroit Red Wing. Mags begins with a description of what it was like to actually see these early hockey games. In the old films, the ice looks more like winter. The boards were boards and clear. In this poem, Story is an old man sitting in a chair with his legs covered by a blanket. His description of Sachuk is startling. Where to begin with this guy? Even after 50 years, it nags him like a wrinkle on his ankle. In the second poem, The First Wife, 
Story describes Sawchuk's amazing skills in his early hockey days. Terry turned them back, wave after wave, in the terrible storm of the crowd. 48 shots against 12. The second section examines Sawchuk's early life growing up in a Ukrainian-speaking home in Winnipeg's North End. In the poem Initia Gentis, Terry is describing his school days and his eagerness to end each day in order to get back to what was important, playing hockey. Twelve years old and troubled by our difficult names and dreams. The poem Sheet Metal describes the difficulties of life for the Ukrainian family. Money was always a problem. He shakes his frozen fingers in the cold. He knows his mother won't be happy when she hears he's lost his gloves. The poem, The Back Door Open, Where She's Gone to the Garden, describes the strong support for the young hockey player provided by his family. They celebrated together, ate traditional Ukrainian foods such as kasha, and grew their own vegetables. His father nurtured these plants. Right to the last, he'll tend the cantaloupe and the grapes that haven't a hope of ripening here. Subsequent poems explore Sachuk's hockey career spanning 20 seasons. Sachuk played before face masks and protective upper body equipment became standard for goalies. The result was many injuries, despite his record number of shutouts as a goalie. Sachuk won the Calder Trophy in 1951 as the Rookie of the Year and the Vesnia Trophy as the best goaltender for several years. He played on Stanley Cup winning teams, including the Toronto Maple Leaf, who won the prize for the last time in 1967. Despite these successes, Sachuk's goalie career was brutal, both physically and mentally. The poem Jitters addresses the brutality. Despite the accolades, the nights were bad. His body ached and his head went wild, the frightful hell of waking up. The 10th anniversary edition of Nightwork was published in 2018, marking the 100th anniversary of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the 50th anniversary of the last time the team won the Stanley Cup. Randall Max has based many of his poems on the stories of Sajak's contemporaries. Their memories portray a complicated man who had great skills in the hockey net, but also had many weaknesses in his personal life. His marriages did not last, and he struggled with alcoholism. He suffered many injuries, but dealt with them with courage and resilience. The book also includes many excellent images throughout Sachuk's career. Perhaps the most startling image is the last one which shows Sachuk's multiple facial scars at the end of his career. This book is not only stunning in its poetic language, but also in its visual appeal. Nightwork, the Sachuk Poems, is a masterful collection of poems capturing the enigmatic spirit of a Canadian hockey legend. There are free verse poems and prose-like ruminations told from Sachuk's own perspective, as well as others describing his successes and his tragedies. There are also philosophical ruminations on the nature of courage and resilience. Perhaps the most shocking is the very first page, which describes Sachuk's battered and abused body in his autopsy in May 1970. This collection of poetry is a landmark work, which will definitely appeal to hockey fans. It will also appeal to those readers who want to understand his roots in the Ukrainian-Canadian community and how individuals like Sachuk adapted to their society. Randall Maggs was born in Vancouver, British Columbia, where he grew up playing hockey. He was a professor of literature at Sir William Grenfell College, Cornerbrook in Newfoundland, until his retirement. 
He is the author of the poetry collection, Timely Departures, as well as co-editing two anthologies of Canadian and Irish poetry, However Blow the Winds and The Echoing Years. Mags received several awards for Nightwork, the Sachuk Poems, including the 2008 Winterset Award, the 2009 E.J. Pratt Poetry Prize, and the 2010 Kobzar Literary Award. He lives in Steady Brook, Newfoundland, where he is the artistic director of the March Hare Festival of Literature and Music and a woodworker. Nightwork, the Sachuk Poems, is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. Thank you, Myra, for another thorough and thoughtful review. Join us again soon for another Kanishka Corner Book Review with Myra Junik here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. In the meantime, if you'd like to listen again to this or Myra's previous reviews or read the transcript, you can find them archived at our website, www.nasholos.com. Father was Ukrainian, he was born Canadian, 1929 now boys, under Manitoba skies, hit the ice at the age of 12, the first of a thousand scars he'd have, lost a brother to a mystery pain, so he brought home the bruises then, and he never rode a train before. Conscious of the clothes he wore A hockey jacket and his brother's pants And ten dollars pressed in his hands On the heart of Michigan Leave Winnipeg in the wind With the Red Wings on the losing end It was clear he changed everything Oh, the air is stale, the ice is slick So you try to see the shot before it leaves the stick Terry Sawchuck done that. Only Terry Sawchuck ever done that. Only Terry Sawchuck done that. Only Terry Sawchuck ever done that. Terry turn them all back. Wave upon wave they'd attack. Foil the rocket and frustrate hole. Take it on the Chester in the skull Cheat the Hawks on the Maple Leafs Leave the Habs in disbelief And send New York whimpering And break Boston's heart again and Scar piles up on Scar Like he was in his own world war It would hurt just to look at him Like the gangster in the Howard Hawks film then the mask that would hide his face Machine gun in a violin case Take your best shot, let it come Cause the sweater reads number one Until finally the puck feels like a brick So you try to see the shot before it leaves the stick Only Terry Sawchuck done that Only Terry Sawchuck ever done that Only Terry Sawchuck done that Terry Sarchuk ever done that Five years in the Stanley Cup The crowd's wild as they lift him up But when you win, they stand and cheer When you lose, they hiss and jeer the hometown crowd got no respect You give your all, this is what you get So be careful of what you wish Cause sudden death got a bitter kiss And a hostile crowd cut you to the quick So you try to see the shot before it leaves the stick Only Terry Sawchuck done that Only Terry Sawchuck ever done Axe falls with the Boston trade The top of a downhill grade Olympia in slow decline Or something darker biding time He carried all that load 
He was the darkest horse they ever rode An ancient game with ancient laws He was the best that there ever was And the rest was a bad dream Shuffling from team to team But he was done, it was all in ruin Retired warrior at 41 Ballet and murder of time and space 400 stitches to his face about a week after his last game And Terry saw Chuck's heart caves in But he hears his brother's voice as he lays awake Try to see the shot before it leaves the stick Only Terry saw Chuck done that Only Terry saw Chuck ever done that Only Terry saw Chuck done that Only Terry saw Chuck ever done that Only Terry saw Chuck done that Terry saw Chuck ever done And Randall Mag's fellow Newfoundlander, Ron Hines, singer, songwriter, who composed and performed that song, Sawchuck. Up next, another original Canadian comp- composition. By This one is by Ron Cahoot, and it is called Fly Kozak. Seekers, crafting the perfect cover letter just got a whole lot easier. Introducing the power of AI-driven assistants. Imagine having a personal writing assistant at your fingertips. Now you can. Unleash the potential of AI to create compelling cover letters effortlessly. Whether you're a seasoned professional or just starting out, AI understands your unique voice and helps you stand out from the crowd. Say goodbye to editor's block and hello to career success. Ready to elevate your job application game? Learn the art of AI prompting 
for cover letter perfection. Start your journey to career greatness now. Crafting success with AI, your cover letter, your way. Early bird weekend passes for Canada's National Ukrainian Festival are now available for only $125. Don't miss the very best in Ukrainian culture, food, music, and dancing on August long weekend at the festival site south of Dauphin, Manitoba. Like and follow Canada's National Ukrainian Festival on Facebook for ongoing updates and performer announcements. You can now purchase your weekend passes and camping passes in person or online at cnuf.ca. Up next, Reader Reaction, a listener's perspective on books reviewed on Kanishka Corner here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Today's featured book is Nightwork, Sachuk Poems by Randall Maggs, a book of poetry exploring the life and career of legendary hockey goalie Terry Sachuk. With us now to share his perspective and reaction to the book is sports fan and loyal Nasholos listener David from New York State. So, David, I know that you're a big sports fan because we've known each other for a few years now, but um, this book was published some time ago, and um, I interviewed the author quite some time ago, but you're all on top of that. How did you come across this? Well, I heard the interview, uh, I think the first year in 2019 that I heard your show for the first time, and... uh, I became very interested because I was very familiar with Terry Sawchuk as a sports fan and because of where I live. So I was very familiar with Terry. So I really, you know, decided eventually I really want to read this book. I mean, just like so many of the other books, but this one, maybe even more so than some of the others because the fact that I love sports. Hockey is a sport that I've been following since I was eight years old, 1970, ironically, the year mm. he tragically passed away. And uh, as far as the book itself, you know, I read the book and I'm not somebody that has much, let's say, aptitude for poetry, to put it mildly. Everybody has their strengths and poetry is certainly not mine, you know, poetry comprehension, but my interest in hockey and sports in general and human interest story overrode everything. And my recommendation to the listeners is to definitely read the book if you have the opportunity, but pair ahead of time from the standpoint, know something about Terry Sorchuk if you do not have familiarity with him, if you don't have too much familiarity even with hockey. You know, either listening to somebody interview the like the one that you did with Randall Mads, which was an excellent interview in 2010. There was another interview from SB Nation. It was a 27-plus-minute interview. I recommend that. And it was a video. It's a 12-minute, 27-second video. Hockey Without Mask, The Tragic Fate of the Most Desperate Goalkeeper, about Terry. Yeah, that was kind of his signature, uh, something that that made him very recognizable the fact that he didn't wear a mask it was the days before masks were a thing in hockey as I remember as a kid Grant watching hockey and then all of a sudden the odd goalie would have a mask on and then basically became mandatory I think but Terry Sawchuk his face was just a absolute disaster Yes, unfortunately, that was the case, Paul. He had around 400 stitches in his face over the course of his life. But this doesn't even count all the other injuries that he had. I mean, Terry just basically gave his body to to playing professional hockey. I mean, you know, even before that, he first suffered an injury in rugby that affected his uh, range of motion in one of his arms for the rest of his life and uh, just other injuries that he sustained along the way. And it was a car accident he was in. I mean, just, he, he, was a, he was a, Terry was a great competitor, but I think he paid for it with his body, unfortunately. Terry was 40 years old when he passed away. He wow. passed away uh, at the end of May of 1970. Uh, it's just a tragedy what happened. You know, he was uh, actually had a roommate and, uh, East Atlantic Beach, New York, which is uh, in Nassau County, you know, it's actually not that far from where I live. East Atlantic Beach is actually on Long Beach Barrier Island. You can get there with three different drawbridges. And uh, I live between like two of the drawbridges, you know, (laughs) and uh, if I drove there, I could get there 
without any traffic in like 20 minutes where where he actually had his fatal accident. He eventually died in a New York hospital after his second operation. But I, I was very familiar with the area where he passed away and my cousin actually lived like a quarter of a mile from there. And that's the person, Diana, was, she actually is the one that got me really into understanding hockey. She taught me what a hat trick was. And she yeah. lived less than a quarter of a mile from where Terry Sawchuk's became a fatal accident. Wow, so this book really has a personal connection to you, not just because you're a sports fan. Yeah, it really does. I mean, uh, there's another very interesting aspect to this, and I and this is, relates to, you know, to the theme of your show, something I did not know because I never really paid attention to it, that was, a, you know, of Ukrainian descent. He was born in Winnipeg, but mm-hmm. his parents were from Ukraine. And he had a teammate with the Maple Leafs in his final stint with the Red Wings a year or two later. Pete Stamkowski, he was somebody that I happened to know of very closely from his days with the Rangers. He actually ended up with the Rangers a few months after Terry passed away. And he, Pete Stamkowski became one of the really good Ranger players in the 1970s teams that made the playoffs just about every year for most of the decade. And they mm-hmm. never won the Stanley Cup in that era. But Pizankowski happens to be of Ukrainian descent. That's mm-hmm. something that I found out in uh, Randall Meg's book, Nightworks. I was really surprised. And I looked it up on the internet. His mother was from Ukraine. But what's interesting about Pizankowski, in addition to all of this, is a friend of mine happened to see him years later. Because the Rangers used to practice in Long Beach. That's where their practice facility was from the late 1960s to like the mid to the late 1970s, and eventually they ended up in uh, Westchester County, Rye, New York, because the uh, person running Madison Square Garden at the time, Sonny Werbler, did not want the uh, Rangers to be associated with Long Island, because that became Islander territory. <laughs> the Islanders came into existence in 1973, and they knocked the Rangers out of the playoffs two years later, the Islanders' third season, and the rivalry became a bitter rivalry that still is to this day. Wow. So the Rangers went up to uh, Westchester County, which is north of the Bronx. But Pete Stankowski was one of the very few Ranger players that remained in Long Beach. I don't know if he's still there now today, but he's there certainly most of his life. I think he's around 80 years old now. But he happened to see my friend in Wallbounds, which happened to be a supermarket chain on Long Island. You know, they were all over the place on Long Island. They went out of business a few years ago. But he used to see her in, in, in Warbounds. And though he didn't know her name, you know, he had like an affectionate nickname for her when they saw each other. You know, mm-hmm. as a friend, mm-hmm. friendly type of thing. And what's interesting about Pete Stankowski also, another connection, is like Terry, you know, was from Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. So many hockey greats, uh, NHL great players, very good players, were from Winnipeg mm-hmm. or, or famous players. Mm-hmm. Bill Mogiowski who had the hat trick, 21 seconds. Right, right, Billy Mozienko, right. Billy Mozienko, that's right. He did it against the Rangers in Madison Square Garden in 1952 in 21 seconds. Yes. Nobody has ever come close to that. And that that's one sports record that will never be broken. Right, right. And yeah, and Terry Sashuk had quite a uh, record as well for shutouts. Yes. One of the things mentioned in the book is that Terry was the first goalie to have 100 shutouts in the regular season in his NHL career. Nobody ever did that before Terry. The 100th one was in 1967 when he was with the Maple Leafs. And his 103rd one was in 1970, in March 1970, when he was with the Rangers in his final season. And uh, he had 103 in his career. And that record lasted around 40 years, I believe. Amazing. Absolutely. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It, you mentioned earlier that he had a lot of injuries and not just all the pucks in the face that you know ended up in 400 stitches on his face and his head, um, that he had other injuries. And so there's also mention, I think, in the book, and we've discussed it too, that he's had kind of a taciturn um, temperament, a disposition. He was not exactly warm and fuzzy to fans, but... It's kind of understandable. He must have been in pain all the time, constantly. What's interesting about this also, and it gets back to Pete Stimkowski, 
is that when they were both with the Maple Leafs in 1967, and that that was Curry's final year where he won a Stanley Cup. You know, he helped the Maple Leafs along with Johnny Bauer, both of the goalies. But Terry came up so big in Game Five against the uh, Blackhawks, against the Bobby Holtz team, and they won that Game Five, and that really, you know, that propelled them to the finals. They won another game, and then they won the finals against the Canadians. But what was really interesting about, you know, getting back to Pete Sonkowski and the Ukrainian connection, Winnipeg, all of this is that Terry did not have really people on the Maple Leafs that he was close to. The exception was Pete Sinkowski. He's the one person he can convey things to. I think it had a lot to do with the fact that they both had the uh, Ukrainian-Canadian background and they both were from Winnipeg. Winnipeg, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I remember being so proud of Terry Sawchuk when I was uh, a young kid. And it was a shock that he died so young. And... um, it was the end of an era, but his, his, I mean, he is legendary. He's, well, one one of the things that's interesting also about this, and I think it relates to another book that I read, uh, Terry Sawchuck had a teammate with the Rangers, Eddie Jockerman, who happened to be a great goalie. And he, by the time Terry, it was the end of Terry's career, 1970 was, you know, the final year of his life. Whether he would have played another year or not, nobody knows that. But he was 40 years old, and there's not that many 40-year-old goalies yeah. or players, period, in when the NHL. Right, so right. Just a fact. And uh, Terry's body was ravaged and everything. He only played like six or seven games, maybe eight at the most, in the regular season that year. And then in the playoffs, I think he appeared in one or two games. But, but Eddie Jockerman was the number one goalie. Now, what's interesting about Eddie Jockerman specifically related to Ukrainian-Canadian heritage, Eddie Jackman is from Sudbury, Ontario, which is, as you know, a very big Mm Ukrainian-Canadian community. Mm -hmm. And one of the books that you previously, I believe, reviewed on the program many years ago, it certainly recommended to me, and I read it, and it's According to Baba, Mm, which is written by Stacey Zimmerman. And it's called A Collaborative Oral History of Sudbury's Ukrainian Community. It's a tremendous book about market research and sociology and about the different factions of the Ukrainian community. It's definitely a book I'd like to discuss one day, but Eddie Jockerman happened to be from Sudbury, Ontario. Mm. And thankfully, he's still with us. He's around 84 years old now. Mm. So it's another connection. And another thing that's interesting about the Rangers in those days related to Terry is that the head coach was Emil the Cat Francis, very famous coach in hockey. The most NHL fans would certainly know the name. Mm. And uh, he happened to be a goalie himself. And he was the only goalie that was ever one of Terry's coaches in professional hockey. And when Terry was in the hospital, you know, in his final days, the one person that was there every day, four days, he was there for uh, Virgil was Emil Francis's coach with the Rangers. Oh, I thought that was something that really meant a lot to me, knowing about how popular Emil Francis was. You know, everybody that I know always had good words about him, even the rival yeah. fans. And uh, this is an example of why. Yeah, that that's nice to know that that he had that comfort, and he would I imagine would have been quite bitter at the end of his career the way he was, basically just elbowed aside. And hockey players didn't make a lot of money in those days to begin with. He would, did it for the love of the of the game. I think that's a great point, Paul. I think there's two things about this that really caught my attention. Uh, when Terry was traded from the Red Wings in the mid 1950s to the uh, Boston Bruins. That was probably the most devastating thing that happened to him as a professional athlete. I don't think there's anything that was comparable. The Red Wings were on top of the hockey world. They won the Stanley Cup. Terry was a major reason why they won in 1952, 1954, and 1955. So they won three out of four Stanley Cups. And they also won in 1950 when Terry first broke in with the Red Wings on a professional level, but he didn't play in the playoffs that year. But after the 55 season, he got traded to the Boston Bruins, who were not a good team back then. And uh, I think it was a total betrayal. I think he really could not believe that Jack Adams would trade him to the Boston Bruins. Jack Adams was the Red Wings general manager. But I think it affected Terry to the point where I think it made him more distant and aloof to people. I think that had... Mm-hmm. Even though Terry had issues before that, unfortunately, but this really, I think, magnified everything. I think it intensified his alcohol problem. 
And even with fans, I think Terry had some down years, you know, some down games at times. And a lot of fans were turning on him. And then he started playing well again and winning. And Terry never forgot the betrayal of fans. Mm -hmm. And he really took it very personally. Maybe too personally, because it's just part of uh, professional sports. Fans are very fickle. It's just the way it is. They're not every fan, I mean, but it's a very common thing. And I think Terry, because he's a very loyal person, and I just think this really affected him. And I think ultimately with the alcohol problem, it led to his passing. And related to that was the fact that, you know, that was this last year. But what was significant is that Terry's roommate, Ryan Stewart, who he got into like the fight with, you know, they went drinking, you know, in Long Beach, and then they came back to their home in East Atlantic Beach. And they were, you know, they were arguing about something. And I had, it probably had to do with money because players, even Terry, as good as he was, he was probably one of the five greatest goalies of all time. Hockey players did not make that much money in those days. And uh, maybe if the players made more money, maybe Terry would have lived a lot longer. He probably wouldn't have had a roommate. and He probably wouldn't have been in a position where he got into a, a eventual fatal accident that was definitely not intentional, but unfortunately the result was yeah. that Terry was no longer with us. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a terrible loss. But, um, Absolutely. Yeah, but he did leave, uh, certainly, uh, he left a legacy and um, he, he made a name for himself, and he made a lot of people proud of him. I just wanted to mention uh, one other thing that was interesting. When he was with the Red Wings in 1950, his first season, that's where he got the nickname Yuki. And <laughs> I, yeah, I did not know that. I mean, that, that was really, by, by the time I read the book, I knew about the, uh, the nickname Yuki that Terry had, but I didn't realize when he got it, and then I read the book and then I heard an interview and, uh, you know, I, I found out about it. So what was interesting in the book is that except for one fan, you know, one idiot that happened, used the uh, nickname as like a slur, everybody else, you know, basically looked at it affectionately or mm -hmm. certainly not negatively. It was yeah. something that was very well respected. And I think yeah. that's something that anybody can appreciate. You know, it's a decent person. Yeah, well, I mean, pretty much anyone in the Ukrainian community has has that nickname, refers to themselves or each other as, as Yukis. So, <laughs> so that's uh, certainly very fitting. Um, you had mentioned when we first started talking about the book that uh, you're, you struggle with poetry, and uh, as do I, actually. Poetry has never been a big thing for me, although it's growing on me. Um, this book has helped, I have to say, and uh, certainly this discussion as well. Um, but we, when we were talking about this before and about our struggles with poetry, you had mentioned that probably most people are the same. It's not, it's not a big literary genre in North America, certainly. Not like in Europe. I learned not long ago in Ukraine, poetry is huge. I know Oksana here in Nanaimo is a huge fan and she knows all about all the, the poets of Ukraine. And uh, one of the groups that um, has been featured long time uh, on Nash Holos, like from day one, uh, from Montreal, Previt, they put out four albums now and all of their lyrics, pretty much all of them, for all of their songs, are poems of Ukrainian poets. And for some reason, um, Ukrainian poetry resonates with me more than English poetry. So <laughs> so if anyone else is like that, uh, that struggles with poetry, you would certainly still encourage them to read this book, but to get a bit of background information before maybe. And, whatever, and everything you mentioned about that, about the comparison between Ukrainian poetry compared to English poetry, especially as it relates to Canada and the United States, I did not know that. I had no idea how impactful poetry was in Ukraine. And so you know, this is another example of learning something from you that uh, I would never have known. Well, um, we learned from each other. I certainly learned a lot from you <laughs> about Terry Sawchuk. <laughs> and uh, so you've got some really good suggestions as to background information on Terry Sawchuk to help understand the um, the poems of Ma of Randall Maggs in the book. Yeah, like I mentioned before, you know, the video, Hockey Route Mask, The Tragic Fate of the Most Desperate Goalkeeper, the interview that you did with you know, the interview from 2010, and then the one I mentioned from SB Nation. The author of that, by the way, is uh, Bruce McCurdy, and uh, it was updated on March 20th, 2010, 
So in case anybody's interested, it, the title is An Interview with Randall Maggs, the Swordshuck Poet. Awesome. You know what, David? I think we could do a blog post um, featuring this discussion and uh, sharing all the information that um, that you've discussed, that you've just shared. And uh, anybody has any questions about hockey, Terry Sawchuk, sports, <laughs> that would be a great way uh, to connect with you. What do you think? That would be great. I'd love to do that. I mean, one of the things that we can even talk about is that Terry, when he got traded to the uh, Bruins, the Bruins did not make the playoffs in 1956. And they went on a trip to Newfoundland. That's where Randall Maggs eventually uh, ended up living. And, uh, you know, he identifies his home. And what's interesting, and this is really something I had no idea about, is that they went on a 19-day trip after the 1956 season after 70 games of regular season they played 17 exhibition games all over newfoundland places that i happened to visit in 2000 and i was actually on, on a ship that took me on the same route from north sydney nova scotia to the southern coast of newfoundland fortunately for me you know it was a half the time that the trip took and there was no seasickness unlike mm-hmm. with terry and his foster brewer teammates they certainly went through a very rough trip on the way to Newfoundland. That trip was fascinating, you know, the details there. And uh, yeah. I've been very happy to discuss some of the yeah. things that were mentioned in the book and elsewhere that I heard about from that. Because it's a lot about, it's about not only about Ukrainian roots, you know, because of Terry, but about Canadian roots. I mean, so yeah. much about culture. So it's a fascinating subject that I love to uh, discuss with anybody that's interested Well, that's great, David. And it is amazing to me, all the personal connections (laughs) that you have with this book. So thank you so much for coming on and for sharing um, all these anecdotes, uh, the fascinating facts that you've shared, and and your great insights into the book, into the author, into the sport of hockey, and everything else that we've touched on here. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Paula. Thank you again. Many thanks to our loyal listener, David, from New York, for sharing his reaction and thoughts about Nightwork, the Sawchuk Poems by Randall Maggs. You can find a transcript of the Kanishka Corner Book Review by Myra Jenick and a link to purchase the book at our website, www.nasholos.com. Join us again soon for another reader reaction here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Here's what's coming up this week in Vancouver's Ukrainian community. Maple Hope Foundation is excited to announce the Ukrainian film series Witnessing Change, Ukrainian Cinema in a Time of Turmoil, on Thursday, February 1st at the Cinematheque in downtown Vancouver. Witnessing Change provides an overview of the evolution of Ukrainian cinema from its difficult start in harsh Soviet times through Perebudova, the 1960s thaw, the precarious early days of Ukrainian independence, and its revival in the early 2000s. Today, under the duress of an uninvited war, Ukrainian cinema is again under material threat. Spanning nearly a century of cinema, the films in this series touch on issues that continue to shape Ukraine and the Ukrainian diaspora. Through these films, viewers can glimpse the complex history of the Ukrainian people's ongoing struggle for self-determination. Opening night for the film series is Thursday, February 1st. The event begins with a reception at 7 p.m., followed by an introduction to the screening of the film Zemlya by the curator Alina Senchenko at 8 p.m. Alexander Dovshenko's film Zemlya, or Earth, is set in 1930 and considers Ukraine and its societal change in the face of war and collectivization. This restored version of the film features an evocative score by Ukrainian ethno-chaos folk group Dacha Bracha. The Ukrainian film series is co-presented with Cinematheque, and part proceeds will benefit the Maple Hope Foundation. The Cinematheque is located at 1131 Howe Street in Vancouver. For tickets and the film schedule, visit thecinematheque.ca or maplehopefoundation.org. On Wednesdays, tune in to the Nanaimo edition of Nash Holos, which can be heard in the Vancouver listening area at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on CHLY 101.7 FM on the radio dial and streaming online at chly.ca. 
And at 6 p.m. Saturday evenings, flip your radio dial right back here to AM1320 CHMB Vancouver or catch the live stream at am1320.com for another hour of Nosholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Please send us your suggestions, dedications, and requests. Your comments are always welcome. In between broadcasts, visit our Facebook page and for audio archives, transcripts, podcast feed, and a link to our Patreon site where you can support our work if you like, visit our website at www.nashholos.com. Нагадую, ви слухаєте радіопрограму «Наш голос» радіо нашого коріння на багатомовній радіостанції AM 1320 CHMB у місті Ванкувері. Не And our proverb of the week translates as «The trick is not to talk, but to do». And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. If you miss the on-air or live stream broadcasts, you can catch the podcast feed at our website, www.nashholos.com. And of course, you can find Nash Holos on your favorite podcast app. Well, that about wraps it up. So we'll leave you with one last song. This one is not about Terry Sachuk, but probably something he might have enjoyed. It is by Sluhai from Winnipeg, Who Stole the Kishka? I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nosh Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening and Dobranich! <laughs> Someone stole the kishka, someone stole the kishka from the butcher shop. Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Someone call the cop. Round the vermin fully back. It was hanging on the rack. Someone stole the kishka. When I turned my back, who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Take my rubber boots, but give me back my kishka. Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka? Who stole the kishka from the butcher shop? Now Willie found the kishka. Willie found the kishka. Willie found the kishka. He hung it on the rack. He found the kishka. He found the kishka. He found the kishka. Willie brought it back. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.